Yet again, Let's Run.com has a special bonus podcast for you this week. But boy, oh boy, are you ready for this one? Never before in history, until this week, had Ryan Hall, Dathan Ritzenheim, and Alan Webb, the big three of the high school class of 2001, sat down and talked about their careers. Coming up next, the three of them will do exactly that with Let's Run.com's own Jonathan Galt. So get ready for an hour plus of amazing talk about their amazing careers. We recorded this podcast actually as a Zoom conference call. So you can watch it. You can see their reactions. Go check the show notes for the link or go to letsrun.com to find that. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors. The podcast is brought to you by thefeed.com. Go to thefeed.com slash let's run. Again, thefeed.com slash let's run and save 15% on your entire order. They've got a PR lotion, AeroFit respiratory, muscle training device. So they've got some COVID-19 products like the BLDG Active antimicrobial spray. So just check it out. Running needs, immunity boosting packets, they've got it all. Also, we imagine you need shoes. Go to letsrun.com slash shoes, the best shoe site on the planet. You get shoe reviews, the best prices. Let'srun.com slash shoes. And let me let you in on a secret before we start the podcast. If you are a high schooler and you need summer training, we're probably almost certainly going to be starting our summer training program next week. Yes, that's right. For the first time since 2000, we're going to be offering coaching on the website. We're bringing the great John Kellogg out of retirement. So check out the homepage next week and you can get signed up. All right, on to the podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. I believe we're live now. And this is really special for Let's Run.com to be joined by Three of the legends of American distance running, really. I mean, you can tell on your screens right now. we got Ryan Hall. we got Alan Webb. We've got Dathan Ritzenhain. All of them have set American records. All of them have done some incredible things. I think it would be – I don't know. This thing would probably take me 15 minutes to list all of their accomplishments. But all of them have made Olympic teams. Really impressive guys. And this is not the first time they've been reunited. It would have been the first time if we recorded this about two <laughs> weeks ago, which is amazing to me that you guys have never been together. But you actually did a podcast. Uh, with Ryan and you guys, everyone should listen to that as well. It's uh, really good stuff. So thank you all for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having us. us. Now I want to start by talking about something that came up on Ryan's podcast, which was Dathan, you said you had a dartboard with a picture of Alan's (laughs) face on it when you were in high school. And I'm very curious, like your relationship, how was it like in high school with these guys? Were you guys enemies? Were you rivals? Was it friendly rivalry? And how has it sort of grown over the years? It's definitely changed from enemies to friends over the years. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was, uh, that, you know, that was adolescent, uh, adolescent meanness. It was like mean girls, kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, I wasn't injecting the, the butter into his food like in Mean Girls. But um, it was funny because, you know, back in the old days, you, we just didn't have, you know, a whole lot of uh, communications like there are now, you know. So, like, a lot of these kids nowadays, they are friends on, you know, Twitter. Well, they don't do Twitter if they're, you know, 18 years old, but Instagram and stuff like that. And we didn't have all that, so we only knew each other a little bit from, from the meets. And so we were, you know, 20 years ago, it was a dial up internet and let's run and die stat. And that was probably about it really from online platforms. So 
you know, we were still catching stuff from, you know, from if you caught stuff on, on TV, that was, uh, that was rare, you know? And so, so the dartboard thing was, uh, you know, that, that was just me getting my anger and frustrations out since, uh, Alan came and one up to me. <laughs> Did you feel the same way, Alan? I forgot to bring up um, that I, I had a picture of you on, 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 on my wall too. Uh, I, I <laughs> at it, but, uh, but I did. Uh, so when you won Foot Locker our junior year, um, your picture was on the little pamphlet uh, to sign up for the following year. And so I, 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 I took that, that pamphlet and I, I, just took the first page of it and uh, I put it, uh, I, you know, I, I taped it right, uh, right, not even in my room before I went in my room because I wanted to make <laughs> all that picture every time I went past the doorway, right, right, right outside my door. I saw, I saw, I saw you, I saw, I saw you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm envisioning, uh, the Rocky, uh, Rocky when he goes to train in, uh, Siberia and he trains like a madman and then it's right before the fight and he goes and he grabs the Ivan Drago, you know, pitcher and he crumples it up. That's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> so Ryan, why do you think of these guys? Were they enemies or have they always been, you know, kind of friendly with them? Oh man. Uh <laughs> It was uh, – I definitely had some emotional moments with these guys that were not on camera, you know. Like, I remember the first time – well, not the first time I raced Allen, but we raced each other at Arcadia Invitational in California. And uh, I was with Allen with, like, a lap to go, and then he just, like, took off on me. And I was so upset after that race. I just, like, ripped my spikes off. I threw them down on the infield. And I went and ran, like, 10 miles out on the streets of Arcadia, like, on cement barefoot. <laughs> like, hurt my foot after that. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was lots of moments like that with those guys where, you know, they were inspiring me. But they were also, like, you know, being, like, adolescent and, like, not super secure in who I was. They're also, like, kind of challenging, like, how I saw myself and my own, like, worth. And so it was good for me. It made me grow athletically. And then it also made me just kind of grow as a person as well. So very uh, inspiring and challenging coming up with these two guys. Was there a moment for any of you guys where it changed from being, you know, rivals and like, I really want to beat these guys to sort of being inspired by them? Or did that intensity remain throughout your careers? For me, uh, definitely when Alan and I started, you know, training together a little bit, um, it became more of a friendship then, you know, and uh, we we would have moments like where, like when Alan broke the American record in the two mile at Pre um, in 2000, what was that, 2006 or five? Um, I, I, one of those years, I think 2005 or 2006, he broke the American record uh, and ran 811 and I ran 823. And so he just wiped the floor with me. And then the next year I ran the two mile, we flip flop times, uh, basically to the T it was like, exactly. Uh, exactly. Eight eleven or eight twenty, whatever. We forget the bad one, you know, I think it was <laughs> I want to say it was exactly yeah. 823. <laughs> and so it, it was, you know, so we would have these little overlaps and stuff, but then we, we had the one 10 K obviously that we don't want to talk about that Alan beat me in my own event. Um, but our, our paths were more like, uh, we, we were rivals, but different events too. So then when we started training together, we became a lot closer as friends. Um, and then Ryan, same thing. He just like, we overlapped and then, 
uh, he he went on and had such a great uh, career in the half marathon and marathon. And so we would always butt up against each other, but also had different um, disciplines that were like the focus too. And so. Yeah, I think things kind of shift, you know, when like you go from just competing against each other to like actually being on teams together, interacting together. Like I remember Alan and I, like we stayed together in Europe. You remember that 1500 we ran together? <laughs> that was uh, the year before we both did well. It was like 2006 in the summer. You were over there, Alan. We were, I don't even know if you remember this. We both ran the 1500 there. And uh, we, we roomed together. And anyways, it's like same with like Dathan. We were, you know, Olympic teammates together. Uh, and- Beijing so we, we had a whole hotel room to ourselves and I mean, a whole, whole hotel to ourselves in 2008 in Beijing so we got to hang out a lot there so it's like when you actually like are with guys that you're running with that's kind of when like it kind of changes from this like rivalry of like I got to beat these guys to like friendship and of course like you bring it when you come out on the track of the roads but um, I think that's really when things shift is when you're actually like hanging out with guys together yeah yeah I- I, I totally agree. And I think that the, that going from like sort of the rivalry part in a high school, but to being at the professional level, I think we all, we all realize that like helping each other helped us like helped you too. You know, like Dathan, we, 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 we definitely obviously trained together like pretty consistently. Um, but Ryan, you, you brought up that race, how we both were over in Europe in 06 and then a year later, I, I don't know if you remember, but that tempo run that me and you did in Leuven. Do you yeah, remember that? Two by yeah. four. And I did the first one and, like, hung on for dear life. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so you, you did one by, you did two by four mile, and I just did the first one, and then I did uh, some 200s. What paces that. are we talking here, Alan? Oh, yeah, it's, it was a tempo run which was uh <laughs> we were, it was like four it was at the beginning of garmin and so it was like we were running like 445 450 pace for four miles so uh uh 19 you know like 1915 for four miles or something so uh and we did it in trainers on that dirt in on that dirt yeah. trail moving. so like you know back in like that's like a that that would win a lot of cross country races you know like that um but ryan i went back and i looked at my training log and that was uh that workout that we did together you went on you went on in in london was that uh was it london something london and trials would have been the next one yeah trials okay yeah the trial yeah so the trials was that that next one that fall um and eight days after that tempo run with you that was the american record ah so dathan you tried to take credit on our podcast for the american record but it's all actually right here <laughs> uh, i'll take i take the uh, the uh, the high school national record you can have the american oh record. that's that's what it was you're right you're right okay good i'm glad we're sharing here <laughs> well it's interesting so you were talking about that race though in belgium the year before in 2006 when you were roommates ryan I have the results of this race. It is the last time I believe that Alan and Ryan actually raced against each other. And Ryan got the win. He was sixth in 343. Alan ran 346 for 12th. This was at Flanders Cup. So it's the same meet. A year later, Alan ran 346 for a mile. In that race, he ran 346 for 1500. And Ryan's got bragging rights there. 
<laughs> Sorry, for, oh, I didn't yeah, mean to man. embarrass you there, Alan. Three forty-six for a mile is obviously like incredible, but I just I couldn't help uh, bringing up the results of that meet. Consistency wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> now I want to talk. Uh, I want to go right. Speaking of you guys racing against each other, two thousand three NCAA cross country. So Alan, you're a pro by this point, so you got to sit this one out. But we got Dathan and Ryan, one of the best home straight battles in the history of the NCAA cross country meet. What do you guys remember from that day and from that finish? Oh man. I, I try to forget that one. It was probably one of the most painful moments of my life. Um, uh, it was so bad on it was, uh, you know, it was funny cause it was deceptive. It looked, it looked really nice. It was sunny, but it was so cold. It was like zero wind chill. Um, and it was November. The ground was frozen hard. And, uh, it was one of those races where I was, I actually was defeated or undefeated going in. Um, but I had been injured the whole year beforehand. It was the first time I'd had any injuries. I had a couple of stress fractures. I was out for like nine out of 12 months. And so I was coming in and getting better each week, but it was like, I had no base. And so like the last, I felt amazing at the regional. And then nine days later, every day I felt worse to the race. And, uh, so my, my confidence was low going in for sure. Um, and, uh, and Ryan was like on fire. I mean, just really intimidating to me actually. Um, I, I, I guess, uh, he kind of commanded the early part of the race and I was like, this guy's going to wipe the floor with me basically. And so I put myself in that position, but, um, I think a lot of it was instinct because, uh, that last, that last home stretch was, it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool finish to watch but i just remember being completely wiped out afterwards yeah i know like for myself like i just made uh some really bad miscalculations in that race <laughs> like uh, miscalculations of not only like my ability but also dathan's ability as well like it been funny watching that race because it was like the kick that came down to like two non-kickers <laughs> like <laughs> both, i think both both Ethan and i would agree like kicking was not our strong suit so um it, it must have been funny to watch it and now when i think back of it i can't think back about it without like hearing jorge's announcing voice going on because we saw the rerun afterwards and jorge is just going crazy for day <laughs> rightfully so like their teammates and so and i love jorge he's a great guy too but like you ask me what i think about anything about the race i just hear jorge's voice just going crazy <laughs> come down the whole stretch <laughs> but uh no like i thought you know oh i'm a 1500 guy dathan's a 10k guy so like i you know like don't go too early don't go too early dathan's super strong like that's kind of what i was mentally telling myself and uh like like dathan was saying like i had been like feeling really good really strong on a roll and uh just kind of like waiting to make a move and really like i should have been making my move you know way earlier than i tried to do at the end and um you know dayton got the the best of me in that home stretch he was he was fine i i think uh some of it is like we talked about it a little bit on on uh ryan's podcast about like finding your own path and your own way and it is it was like a learning process the whole way and that was exactly like it like at that time ryan I mean, it was like the opposite of what happened in, in the rest of the career. Like he was just finding out, like he always wanted to be this kicker, this miler. And in reality, like he would go on to become, you know, this great uh, half marathoner and marathoner. And if he, if he, that's just part of finding your way though. Like at that time you think, yeah, he talked about the mistakes he made. 
if he would have gone, you know, with a mile to go, I would have, it wouldn't have been the same finish. But at the time, you know, we're young and we're coming up in the sport and we're trying to find out, you know, you're trying to find your own path. And so that's a lot of it was just learning, you know, like, you know, and then eventually, you know, you look down the road, uh, you know, eight, 10 years later and, you know, he's running, you know, 59, you know, minutes and 204 and, and, you know, I had broke the American record in the 5k and things flip flop, but you know, that was the entire course of the whole career. And so like one, you know, like one race, you're just, it's like a learning process. And so that, that race in the time, it felt like the biggest thing in the world, you know, like it was like, you just felt like that was the only thing that mattered. And then you look back and there were so many other moments like that, that they just become one blur kind of. So Dathan, you know, at the end of that, yeah, you turned professional. Alan had already turned professional. And then Ryan, you ended up staying all four years at Stanford. One of the big things the fans in our sport wonder about is money. And I'm curious, like, did you guys ever compare contracts? Do you know what each other's making? That sort of thing? Alan, how much money did you make? Oh. <laughs> not, not, not enough, man. <laughs> I'm, play, I'm, I'm playing hooky from work right now. I'm, I'm at a... <laughs> uh you know i you know it's funny i think of a lot of uh the sport i don't want to say that it's um there's a mystery around it but there is a little bit for sure um we all did well i mean but it's not like we're not talking professional other sports either you know and so yeah we all kind of are gonna have to work still you know like and uh but i think one thing is we were well supported you know like in those years of your career and um, things have changed a little bit in the world of running, you know, now there's a lot of, a lot more group support. And so contracts are, are there, um, they're just different from when we were, uh, coming out. I think there was the ability to sign a really, really big contract, but then there was no support. Otherwise you were kind of on your own to find that. And so, um, so it's just changed over time, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think probably we all, we all did well, but at the same time we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be taking our 401ks out until 59 and a half that's for sure <laughs> did it ever i mean but was that something that was ever discussed like do people say like oh, i can't believe how much this guy's making or was it all kept pretty private for you guys no yeah it was it was private i never i never asked or to be honest i i i really didn't care you know um you know i don't know how you guys felt but you know uh, you know, I, all three of us, I, I know we're at least blessed enough not to have another job while we were professional runners. And so as far as I was concerned, I was like, cool, that box is checked. Let's go train. You know, that's kind of how I thought of it. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I am, I feel like I'm, I've been happy to see, uh, from what I perceive, uh, more people have opportunities to run professionally. Um, you know, a, a statistician might be able to prove that somehow, but yeah. Uh, uh, so I think that that's a good thing, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I never really paid very close attention to what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Have you guys studied now? One thing I've looked at your old time records against each other. I wrote an article about this comparing you guys last week. The all-time records are as follows. Dathan is 5-2 and two against Allen. 
He's nine and three against Ryan, and then Allen is three and two against Ryan. Does this give you bragging rights, Dathan? Do you view it that way, or is this unfair because a lot of these were in cross country and that's your strong suit? How do you guys view this? Well, I read your thing though, and then and I still lost, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember the other time I beat Allen. I can't even remember ever beating you, Allen. Besides that, that fifteen hundred. Uh, the. 2006 Adidas Track Classic. It was earlier that summer, and it was a two mile. You ran 8:26. Alan ran 8:33. So here's the thing: I don't even count it as like a W if like I know the other guys didn't run well, you know. <laughs> so like 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 when I beat Alan, like I don't really feel like I beat Alan unless like I beat him when he's at his best. And that's the thing about Alan. I think you know I talked about on the podcast like they think it hurt more than any other runner I've ever seen before. And Allen, when he's on fire, like, he's unstoppable. Like, you don't want to race Allen when he's on fire, you know? And so, like, I never beat Allen when he's on fire. So, I feel like I never beat him. Ryan's breaking up a little bit for me. Well, Allen, I, what I got out of that is Allen is basically unbeatable because Allen is, Allen is not Allen. <laughs> He he's pretty unbeatable, yeah. <laughs> well, I, this is this is. I think I think this this brings up a really good point. And and um, Dathan ha, ha, has the advantage when you put us put us all head to head because most of those races were cross country, and <laughs> um, and, and you know we talked about on our our podcast is is that the three of us throughout our careers found who we were and what our best events were and you say that ryan you said that i was unbeatable well yeah at 1500 i was unbeatable but dathan was unbeatable in cross country and you were unbeatable in the half marathon and marathon because that's that's who we were those were our primary events and when we ran those events we ran well in those events right I don't know. So, Alan beat me in the 10K, which was my primary event. So. <laughs> we we got to talk about that because Ryan said this was one thing he didn't get to bring up on his podcast. I'm going to use Ryan as cover for bringing it up because I want to ask about it. But what is – I still don't understand how this is happening. I was only in high school. I wasn't really following the pro scene. And I later learned that Alan Webb beat Dathan Ritzenhain, who's you know 10K specialist, 27-22, sixth at Worlds. How did this happen? What happened in this race, 2006, Peyton Jordan? Okay. <laughs> let, let me chime in real quick. So I'll, I'll, I, I won that race, but Ryan said that, that, you know, it doesn't count as a W when, if you're not at your best, I don't think you were peaking for a 10 K at that, at that race. I don't think if, if we had run that 10 K in June, you would have won because you were probably preparing to be better at 10K in June, right? Yeah, ne never underestimate anybody because I, I went in thinking that, well, this will be good. I'll use Alan to, to trade leads for a while, and then he'll fall off at the end and totally <laughs> underestimated him. So, got caught with my pants down, so they say. When did so. you start getting worried, Dathan, that like, oh, man, he's still hanging around here? Yeah, I mean, the last lap, I was like, well, how am I going to outkick him? I was like, that's not going to happen probably. So I – I mean, I had been coming off from some, some sickness and stuff like that, but still I thought there's no way that he could really run 27:30 pace. And so, um, so I was pretty shocked because we, I think I remember, you know, Stanford, Peyton Jordan's very low key. It's great for athletes, right? There's not, you just kind of mingle around you under the, uh, the trees there and stuff. And so 
I think we found each other. Uh, Alan was there with his coach, Scott. And I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't remember if Brad Hudson was there, but I was like, it was really low key. I mean, I think we were just kind of like, well, yeah, why don't we trade you the leads, you know? And we went and we did our warm up and stuff. And I, I'm just thinking, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be perfect for me. And, and so, and then of course, like the last lap, I'm like, well, we're not picking it up that much because I'm hurting actually at this point and he's still here. And if he sniffs around the last corner, it's pretty much over. And so, and that's basically what happened. He come off the turn and blew me away. But but I wouldn't, you said you were hurting at that point. I was in the suffer fest for like the majority (laughs) of that race. Like no kidding. I mean, it took a monumental effort for that to happen. That's what, and I mean, it, I, I was so messed up from that race and my body was so beat up. Like I, I mean, I tweaked my hamstring uh, a couple, like a, like a, like a week later. And that's why I ran horribly like the rest of the season, like season. Cause I was just so beat up from just that one race that it, 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 it kind of wrecked it. Like I, I left, I left like my whole season in that last lap <laughs> 10 K on the track just destroys your body. It's like, it's horrible. Yeah. It's in spikes. I mean, forget about yeah. it. You know, <laughs> my, feet, my feet were so messed up. I, I had blisters on my feet. And I think what, um, like looking back, what happened was like in training after that, I tried to do some, fa- I tried to do like some faster strides and I wasn't running right because my foot hurt because I was running on, on like a really, really, really bad blister. And I was just kind of, my foot was just kind of doing funky stuff. And then I, and then my hamstring got messed up because I was, you know, running funny, trying to run fast. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got that one day, but it, I, I, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you had to bleed to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I'm curious about Alan, as we all know, he's the American record holder in the mile three forty six ninety one. Dathan and Ryan, you never broke four minutes in the mile. And I'm sure that at some point in your careers, you were fit enough to do it, no problem. But does that bother you at all? Do you care or do you just think, hey, look at my PRs at the, re- the other distances. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I wish that oh, I had. It definitely I mean. <laughs> bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, there's, there's a few times in practice where I ran 402 or I – I ran, you know, like 402 and a 3K, you know, like at one point, and I'm like, I should have just done it, you know, but I never wanted to waste the fitness either. I was like, if I'm that fit, I want to do like, I want to run a fast 5K or a three, I would never even think to go below 3K. And so it probably wouldn't have taken anything out of me to go and try to do that. But I, I guess I squandered all those opportunities. <laughs> I, I know. Is Dathan, is he the fastest? person to 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 run to run like you're you're 1256 is that the fastest time ever run by somebody that hasn't broken four minutes i want to know if that's a stat i'm sure there's a lot of guys who have ran 1500 equivalent you know faster but you know like a lot of the east african guys that don't run the mile much that there's probably a lot of them and ryan you said you you were upset You, you you're bummed you never got the opportunity or you never broke four yeah that's like like, unlike Dathan, I feel like I couldn't. Like, I could never get myself <laughs> that fit. Like, I tried, you know. Um, There's times where I just focus on 1,500 training. And it's interesting now, like, having gotten super into weightlifting, 
because I feel so much more powerful and explosive than I've ever felt before. That like there was a couple summers ago, I was out like doing some sprints on the track with Sarah and just like rolling some pretty quick like 150s and hundreds without ever sprinting at all. And there was a little bit inside of me that's like, I wonder if I could break four minutes, like with this like <laughs> new kind of like power and strength. Like that's like the one like little thing that's like kind of nagging at me that's like i bet i could still do it but i don't know i'm also like 175 pounds so i don't, I don't you, think that's gonna happen uh, paul mcmullen almost broke he ran four flat uh when he ran 203 pounds so it's uh you know but he also ran 333 you know when he was 175 pounds perfect yeah but so. <laughs> he didn't have a big toe so it doesn't count that's uh, that makes it even more impressive <laughs> Ryan, I'd have to say, what, so you ran 13.16 for 5,000. I think any human who has ever run 13.16 for 5,000 was probably also in sub-four-mile shape at that point. So I'll, pro- you know, I'll say fitness, you probably, probably could have done it. I know you're marathon-focused, but I find it – someone's got to be able to do that, right? Jonathan, can, I, can I chime in and ask, and ask Ryan a question real quick? Yeah, go for it. So, Ryan, can, can I can – you, can you just take – just take me through that half marathon you did. Cause I, I remember talking, I remember when you did that and just being blown away by that and just talking and talking to Ray, cause both of us were represented by Ray Flynn at, at, at that, at that point and just being like, and just telling him being saying, Oh my gosh, that is incredible you know we're like i'm getting my like calculator out and be like what mile pace is that i i told everybody that it was that it must have been short i was like there's no way that you <laughs> could have ran that fast like when it first happens <laughs> yeah just i don't know just, just talk about like like your your confidence and just just uh, and and uh just your confidence level and uh how you how you approach like the pacing and in, in like Really, I, I kind of want to know how that first mile, maybe two miles went uh, to kind of get into the zone where you were like, okay, I'm running fast, but I can run this pace for another, you know, for an hour, you know, because, uh, you know, like you said, you, you can go run a 150, but what's going to happen after 300, you know, and it's sort of the same thing for a half marathoner. You can run one mile in 336 or four, four I'm sorry, four, 436. But what's going to happen at mile 10, you know, like, and, and just can you talk about that for a sec? Yeah, yeah. So actually, Alan, when you were talking on the podcast about how you felt when you ran 346 coming through 800, and you were saying like, I felt like too good. Like, I could so relate to that. Because that's like how I felt almost the entire way. Like, I wasn't planning on running that fast. I just got out that first mile. My first mile was 437, which was like on pace to break the American record, but it felt like too easy. Right. And so I just like kept picking it up until like I got scared. So like my third mile, I got down to 428 for that mile and, uh, and it still like felt easy, felt good, but I was scared to run faster than that, you know, cause I didn't want to jeopardize things. I didn't want to jeopardize my fitness because going into that race, like you guys, I'm sure have experienced this. Like I just felt like a million bucks. Like my training was clicking, but I was also training mammoth. So I hadn't done any work at 433 pace, which is the pace I ended up averaging. And uh, so, you know, I was a little bit hesitant and nervous to be running that fast because I didn't know what was going to happen. But I remember just going back into my 
my mind's eye and thinking of myself, my threshold up in Mammoth and just thinking like, I just need to run the same effort that I'd run for my threshold runs. So I was just going fully off effort and the effort was the same as what I was running for my threshold runs up there. So I just kind of kept, kept going with it. But I mean, to be honest, like I can, that, that race, it bothers me in some ways because I would love to see what would have happened if I was in a pair of alpha flies and in a paced race, <laughs> if it was paced, you know, um, 50, like I 58 like, something, I think. So yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know, but it would have been, I've been really curious to see if it was like a Kipchoge setup kind of scenario. Um, that was definitely the day of my career when like I was fully on and in the best shape I'd ever been in before for sure. Do you worry now, Ryan, that your times, I mean, you have the fastest marathon ever by an American, 204.58, and the fastest half marathon, the American record, 59.43. Do you think, are you worried now because of the shoe technology that those could be going down to performances that maybe had they come in what was available to you might not have been enough to break your record? Well, it's, I mean, I've already conceded, like they're gone, like they're not gone, but they are gone. <laughs> like it's just a matter of time, right? The thing is like, it's like me comparing my performance in a pair of shoes compared to how fast guys run without a pair of shoes on. Like it's just two different games. Right. And so like the game has just completely changed now. So, I mean, you, it's just, you won't be able to compare performances, you know, like someone goes and runs 58 something. It's like, that's amazing. That's great. But I don't know what that's worth in normal shoes. So like personally, what I would love to see, is someone do it in a non-carbon plated shoe on pace like the same way that I did it because then you can compare it across the board right it's like yeah you were in better shape without a doubt hands down you do it on pace race no carbon plated shoe like you're 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 the better man you're fitter you know um but we're likely not going to see that happen so um kind of already conceded that uh times have changed and you know I'm willing to accept that and kind of move on with everyone else so we mentioned the 5943, which is regarded as, you know, one of Ryan's great runs. What do each of you guys think was the best performance you ever put out there? David, want to go? I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously 1256 stands out for sure for me as an amazing performance. But, I mean, like literally everything went perfect. Like I couldn't have got anything else out of myself that day. You know, that was – I mean, like I was holding on for dear life. It was a little different from when you guys said you broke your American records. You just felt so good. I didn't feel like that. Like I felt like, like, and just, just like I was confident, but I was holding on for dear life. And then I caught fire at the end. I got really amped and excited. And it was like a super emotional moment where I was able to close it out and do something special. But when I actually, when I got third place in bronze at the world half marathon championships, that was probably one of those races where, yeah, it was, I mean, I ran it in the streak, uh, LT, like my calves were destroyed afterwards and it was a tactical slow to begin with and you're, you're kicking for medals. And so that was probably one of those moments where I was like, I think that was probably the most fit that, you know, like that I ever felt, but, but the euphoric moment is definitely gotta be the, you know, 1256. What about you, Alan? Best performance you ever ran? Definitely the American record, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's similar to Ryan. It, 
just des describing that, you know, like, um, it's a surreal feeling to be running 28, 200, 28 second, 200s and 56 second laps. And like being like, you know, like, this is hard, but I think I can do this, you know, and every lap goes by and you're like just inching closer and closer. Uh, plus for me, like that was a goal of mine, you know, that I had set that goal um, from when I, from high school. And so, uh, you know, as soon as I, you know, I, I, as soon as I graduated from high school, the next thing to do, the next record that I could break was the American record. And so I had that goal. So to kind of have that in your head, um, probably what, just like Dathan had probably had Bob Kennedy's 1258 in his brain for a long time. Right. Dathan? <laughs> yeah. I will say this though, like watching, I was one of the uh, like 20 people that was able to watch that race live. Just kidding. Alan, there was probably 300 people there, but they read like, I was like 150. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, so. That's what made it almost really that cool. I mean, like, I ran a 5k that night and uh and I remember going like it was last minute and because Ray had set up the race in Brashat which was this cool little track in the middle of the woods and it was a small Belgian meet and but you knew something was cool going to happen too but you're kind of like 346 is I mean like is this guy going to how can you really run this by yourself it was pretty amazing to sit there and you know, for, you know, for four minutes, basically almost just sit there and watch it unfold because you could almost feel it happening. And then it was really cool after I me. Mean, Alan was just amped obviously because it was, it was, I don't know, an intimate type moment. I think instead of being in a big stadium for him, you know, like you do something like that in Zurich or, you know, the, one of these big stadiums, it's amazing. Right. And there's all this energy, but it was almost, yeah, like an intimate type moment where he got to have the, that was like the unicorn of his, you know, uh, that he had been chasing, I think. And so it was pretty awesome to be able to watch that one in person. So I, I have a question. I was speculating about this when I introduced you guys in my podcast. So like both Jonathan and Dathan, I'm curious to hear what you guys would say to this and Alan, you as well. Like, what do you, number one, first question, Alan, why did you choose to not do it at like a huge diamond league where it's like pumping super excited? And then number two, what do you think you run if you're at the pace race, you have someone you're competing with that takes you all the way to the line. Like, what do you think you run at a big old diamond league race with like a ton of excitement? I said 344. So I'm curious to hear what you guys would say. Yeah. Jonathan, you want to go first? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm trying to think what would you do in a diamond league? I mean, I think in some ways these time trials, like you can run pretty darn fast in them if you have like good pacing, because you don't have to worry about getting a position. I guess if you're running that fast, you don't have any people in front of you. But I think the problem with running like 344 in a diamond league is you need someone else to kind of chase with that. And Alan's time, 346.91, in the 13 years since that race, no one has run faster. So it's, it's nice to talk about like theoreticals, but like you look at Dathan when he set his 5,000 American record, he had the greatest 5,000 meter runner ever to chase in that race. And I think Alan, I guess in summer of 2007, you would have needed like a prime El Garouge or some, some like absolute star to chase because otherwise it's just going to be pretty similar in that he's just chasing rabbits and then he has to go on his own. Cause it, there's very few people who could run, you know, 344. 
And that's, that's why a lot of, a lot of those races, it doesn't happen just because you start looking around at the guys next to you and it's a, it's, you're thinking about winning. Right. And so, but Alan, what was special about that race is that it, it was just, it's one of the, it was a super emotional thing. You could see the total investment in it. And I don't want to say that doesn't happen in a big diamond league race, but you know, like the wind still matters. And I think that race that just, it didn't matter. The wind didn't matter. It was all about Steve Scott's record, you know, and being an American record holder. And so like the focus was just primarily on that. And so he, I think he mustered some amazing, you know, uh, last, that last, the last 400, when you're running by yourself to run like that, that's just, you have to dig to the well, like you have to go to the place that most people don't go. And I think, well, I think he probably could have ran faster like physiologically, emotionally, and mentally, you have to be able to do it too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was like, the, it was, I think, uh, you talk about, you get asked like, like why, 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 why did we do this? Like, why did we get involved with running? You know, like what, what started that? Um, uh, that question comes up a lot, you know, like when, uh, you know, when, you know, professional runners get, asked to talk in front of high school kids or whoever. Um, and it was full circle for me, you know, like it started for me on the grass field at Terrace elementary school when we did the mile run to see how fast you could run a mile. And, uh, and it ended with me on a little track in the middle of Brashat, just for the love of the game. It was like, like, you know, you're, you know, you're playing, pick up baseball in your backyard and you're like, Oh, it's the bottom of the ninth. You know, you're kind of pretending to do it. And it was like, we kind of recreated that in Brashat, you know, just, I happened to be in my, you know, in my prime where I was 24 years old and, you know, we just recreated that moment, but it was with, uh, USATF or, uh, IAAF certified timing system. <laughs> you know, that was only, that was, that was, that was the difference, you know? And so, uh, uh, yeah, you know that that's why I got involved with running. It was to, it was to get out there and uh just test yourself and see how good you could be. Um and I think that's really cool and I I I you know here Ryan hearing you describe like your half marathon, I feel like you were in that zone too. You were like I I I want to get everything out of myself today. Um you know, where, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want to waste my fitness by, 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 by going too hard too early. You, you just found that, that, that zone and you, and you, and you went with it. And, and I, I, I think, you know, if there was somebody else in, in the race that was ahead of you, I don't know, you may have run faster, but you, you were still mentally in that place where you were just out there trying to get the best out of yourself. Um, and, and, uh, actually, Julie and I are reading your book right now, and you described it that that mentality that that you eventually adopted, um, because when you you, you described the, the 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 end of your marathon um, when you ran two uh, in Boston when you didn't win, but you still felt that euphoria because you felt like that day you got everything out of yourself, and 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 even though you won in Houston, but you got fourth in Boston that year, I mean, you, you, you still felt that feeling of, 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 of winning. Like you still won, 
you still won the race because you got everything else. You got everything, everything out of yourself. I'm, I mean, I, I can, I can, I feel like I'm not putting words in your mouth because I read your book and you said it, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> you, you nailed it, dude. Well done. Well said. So I want to ask you guys, you, we talked about how you raced each other. What do you think was the, is the fairest distance for all three of you guys to compete against each other? And if you're all in peak fitness, who wins that race? <laughs> well, it's not 10K because we already know the outcome there. So. <laughs> Maybe 12K cross country, I guess. <laughs> okay. I th- well, if it's cross I country, we-, we know you're, you guys aren't going to win it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought we already settled that if Alan is on, he's unbeatable. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was what we decided. <laughs> yeah, but you guys know how to beat me, though. You, like, Dathan's just got to go at a certain, like, at a certain point, and then I can't, I can't do it. He did that at Foot Locker. He crushed, you know, when he, when he drops the hammer in, in cross country, it's like, you're done. <laughs> it's over. Uh, See, I think. Did I leave this thing? Did my video leave? Your video there left you for a second, but you're back now. This right, is an impossible one because there's too much range between us. Because there's no way, like, I'm beating Alan at 10K or probably even, like, 15K. Well, I'm not beating Dathan at 15K. So, like, if I'm going to match up against Dathan, it's got to be at least a half, maybe further. And Alan, that's, like, way – that's probably a little bit too far outside of his wheelhouse. So, I don't know. There's no situation <laughs> in which I'm winning unless we go, like, a half or longer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a fifteen, maybe like a fifteen k on the road, but I get I get to where the alpha flies. Now, and, and <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays I beat them both because I'm only uh, two weeks removed from uh, retirement, and they're uh, they're more out of shape. So <laughs> yeah, I have I have a comment about that. So I think it's I think it's this this is a I'm I'm gonna give you a lot of props, Nathan, for being like the most resilient for sure. Because of the three of us. I would, I'm going to say that you were the most injury prone, but you had the longest career, right? You know? Yeah. Well, you I think master at, it's, it, it was how to get fit from, from when you fell off. You, I, I don't know how you did it sometimes, man. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had the, I had some, some psychotic tendencies, I guess, you know, when you, when you to get on the bike and just stay fit, but you know, I think a lot of that stuff, you know, like, uh, I didn't, I didn't love cross training, but I do love fitness, I think in general. And so, um, I saw it as a means to an end, you know, I'd stay really fit and I'd have a lot of goals and I would say, you know, I, it would drive me to be back to where I wanted to be. And so I would always put a lot of just, I mean, I would just never get out of the game, I think. And that was important. Like I would give myself the day if something happened, I'd have that day where I was like, I was really disappointed, but my wife would always say that to me. Like you get one day to grieve on this injury, but then you got to do something about it. And I just could never sit and wait, you know, and I just, and that was something that it ended up serving me well. But the problem was I often never fixed like, you know, like I, I would come back and be hurt again because I would pour so much energy into staying aerobically fit. That it would it it was really later in my career when I tried to actually you know give my the structure of my body any any support and so like 
you know, I didn't, I didn't get into the weight room. I didn't have, you know, didn't have those kind of things until I think I was already in that cycle. And, but yeah, resilience was, you know, always getting back out there, but having, like you said before, it's like a love of the game, right? I always loved it. And even until two weeks ago, I loved it, you know, like, and now I love just still the fitness of going out and running, but I always loved competing and pushing myself. And, and I guess I just never lost that over the years. So Dathan, sorry, Jonathan, I'm jumping the gun here. Go ahead, I had this question, question uh, I really wanted to ask you in the podcast that obviously I didn't get a chance to for <laughs> my lack of internet. But uh, so I saw on Instagram, like you did, <laughs> you did a 10 by one minute on one minute off, I think is like your first workout back. And then so coupled with that, yeah. and then also I was standing on the side of the road at the Olympic trials. I saw you, I saw you go by on that last lap. And like you were in a world of pain, I could, I could tell, you know, but you, you look like super determined to finish. So question is, did you know that was going to be your last marathon? And when you did that 10 by woman on women off workout, like, were you not planning on retire at that point? Yeah. So, um, I, you're right. I remember seeing you too, right before I dropped out and thinking, Oh God, there's Ryan. Maybe he's, he's so big now, you know, and strong that maybe he can carry me back to the finish area because I can barely move at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I was very determined. You're right. That was uh, one of those races where I actually ran until I couldn't run anymore. <laughs> I was a little worried that I actually did some damage to my quad actually. Um, and uh, so I ran all the way until I could not run anymore. And I don't know if I, I don't think I could have got in. I mean, I maybe could have walked in, but it took me a long time just to walk back to the, the mile or so. But um, I knew that that was probably going to be my last marathon at that point. And I hadn't even thought of anything past, um, past the Olympic trials. You know, that was like the one that February 29th, you know, it was like, that was the only thing that mattered. And so there was nothing after that and to me. And so, but then I dropped out and, and I think that was in my mind that I, I would be lucky to finish just because of, I was injured going in, but I don't know. Then I was like, man, I can't believe I just made it 15 miles at five minute pace with uh, like on six miles was my longest run before that, you know, like, and my femur didn't break in half. So I was like, well, maybe we'll see, you know, maybe there's something. But then I was like, to tell you the truth, I did that workout and I've had some, I have like arthritis in my big toe. And I was like, I tried that, did that one workout. I was like, yeah, this, this is done. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to jog easy now. Just running easy is going to be uh you know, I, I'm going to have to get into the weight room like you. Cause you know, like I'm not doing intervals anymore. I just couldn't do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so all of you guys had really, you know, some really outstanding performances, some really high highs, but I think all of you in your career also had some pretty low lows. I'm curious, what do you guys think was the biggest disappointment or biggest regret you had from your careers? I know like for myself, you go first, I Ryan. Yeah, I'll let you guys think about it a little bit. Um, not not listening to my body. So, uh, you know, a big thing in running is being at race weight. And, uh, Alan, you could probably speak to this a little bit, man, because I remember in 2006 when I beat you in that 1500, I remember looking at you because we were, we were roommates, right? I remember looking at you and do, being like, man, Alan looks so skinny. He looks so lean. 
I met, and, uh, and then obviously like you ran that race and then I think you went home after that cause you weren't doing well. And, uh, that was something I experienced really heavily towards the tail end of my career where I kind of bought into this lie of like lighter is better for distance running. And I just kept getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And I knew I raced best. I'm five foot 10 and I knew I raced best at 137 pounds, but I just kept like experimenting, seeing how low I can get, how low I can get. I got all the way down to 127 pounds and I was losing half marathons to women in the race at that weight, you know? Um, and that I think just really crushed my body being that much below what is a healthy weight for me. So if I could go back again, I would arrive at 137 pounds, two to three weeks before my biggest race, then always put on 10 pounds in the off season. That always worked really well for me. Um, and not experiment with like, seeing how lean and light you can get. Ethan and Alan, biggest regret or disappointment? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo that a little bit. Maybe like some of that same stuff. Yeah, like uh, for me, it was actually, I, mean, I got better and smarter as I went along with that. But you're right, like taking care of the body is, it's, we get so wrapped up in like numbers, like 100 miles a week, you got to run X amount you have to like, you have to do these things. Otherwise you can't be great. And I think that that's not true. I mean, I was good doing a lot of different things, you know, like I, I was good if I, um, I, I was good running, uh, high intensity or high volume, like, but I never was good at finding the right thing and sticking to it either. You know, I would, uh, we're always searching for like, yeah, like I got to be able to find a way to do more, you know? And I think like what Brian says, you, you, I mean, that's part, part of what makes you good, right? You always, you always want to find, uh, find your, your limit. And so, but I, I guess I was never coachable in that way. Like, I mean, I, I think, uh, I was always, it's not that I thought I knew more, but at the same time, I, I thought that I could get more out of myself, you know, by, and so the coaches sometimes, you know, like, um, you know, I just needed, always needed to be held back and I didn't listen very well when I was young, I think. And so, I mean, truthfully, like when I was like in high school, I was a reckless trainer, man. I, I ran so much, everything was like, eventually something has to break, you know? And then I spent a lot of time trying to fix the things that were broken. And so I just, I think having the patience early on, is not natural for someone who's really, you know, wanting to be good, but having that situation where you have the support that kind of holds you, holds you to account is important. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, uh, the, the, the chasing the weight thing is definitely something, at least in a short term way was, was a regret of mine. Uh, Ryan, you brought up, a, I would say, uh, uh, not my finest hour. Um, because you saw me when I was super lean, but guess who won the race? You crushed me, man, you know, because uh, I tried to diet my way to fitness. Um, because, because after I hurt my hamstring, after that 10K that me and Dathan ran, I was like, I kind of panicked, you know, and I was like, well, you know, like, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, what can I do? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 I just got this thing in my head that like, I, I you know, if I got lighter, then I'd be better. And that was just a very, very poor choice. Um, so my, 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 my race weight was a little different than yours, but, but finding that race weight is definitely something that, that is, is you got to figure out what, where you, where your weight is. Um, 
but but I'm I'm gonna say that my my regret, uh, my my biggest regret was, uh, not recognizing who I was. And I tried to be somebody that I wasn't, um, because I feel like my best event was the the middle distance events. I was my bet. Uh, if you look at my time, my 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 PRs, which everybody kind of loves to say that oh I had great range. Sort of. Uh, I, mean, I, I, you know, uh, I wasn't world class in the five and ten. I was. A, I, I'm not saying I wasn't good, or I don't have times that I'm, you know, proud of because they're my they're my best times. But w on a world class level, the mile and the fifteen hundred were the events that I could compete on the international level. And I think that I got distracted later in my career, thinking that I could be the guy that could like move up and like do something that that you know, like I can move up, but ultimately I think if I had stuck to the 1500 in the mile and just been consistent at those events, um, and, and, and I used the 800 as a way to get there, which I was good at, but still not as good as the 1500 in the mile. Um, I, I think I would have been better off cause I think it would have prevented me from do, you know, making the mistakes that Dathan talked about, you know, like doing too much because we're super competitive, which I, I fell into that trap too. I wanted to do more and more and more and more. But if I had just stuck to being who I was and recognized that I am this person, let's be that person. I think I would have done, done a better, done a better job. So next I want to move on. Alan and Dathan, you guys were teammates for a brief period uh, with the Nike Oregon project. You guys both joined around the same time in the summer of 2009. Uh, we know the coach of that group was Alberto Salazar. He's subsequently been banned for some anti-doping violations. But I'm curious, when you were joining, what did you know about the group? Did you guys talk to each other, consult each other before you joined that? Because you both joined around the same time. Yeah, I'll start because I was there first. Um, I think... Well, I had already known Alberto from years at Nike with stuff. He had helped me with some injuries and stuff. And so when I, um, when I left Brad Hudson as a coach, um, you know, that was a natural progression for me. And so, um, but it still was, you know, still growing that, that team and stuff like that. And so, um, and so when I joined, I was, you know, I, I was coming off from this period of time, all these marathons and stuff like that. And, um, just a different focus, kind of like the stuff that Alan was saying before, like knowing who you are, I was, I, I was always trying to do the marathon and stuff like that. And I just, you know, like I was trying to go back then and, and redo some of the things maybe that I had missed, you know, like in my career, I hadn't developed in the 5k and stuff as much. And so, but that summer I came out and I mean, it played big dividends, the, the aerobic gains. Cause when we started doing fast work, man, I was feeling great. And I mean, just doing stuff I couldn't normally do otherwise. It was like those hundred, you know, the, the Beijing Olympics the year before, and then the London marathon training, I was, you know, and I was 26 years old. So that like Alan said, when you're in the peak of your career, you know, you're able to do some amazing stuff. So I was still relatively fast. And uh, so I just was able to use all that. But when Alan came into the team, he was kind of having the opposite, you know, like he had really, you know, he had been, it had been rough since his, uh, um, since his 2007 year when he broke the American record. So I was really excited, but he was coming in and it, you know, trying to basically, basically I was coming in on fire and he was coming in trying to, trying to get his way through, you know, uh, his Achilles problem and stuff like that, that he was having. And so, um, and then I subsequently went on and had an Achilles, you know, in, you know, 
serious injuries where I had to have surgery and stuff like that too. But we spent a lot of time then, you know, get, that's kind of where we got to be friends because we shared a lot of suffering moments in the, uh, uh, in the dungeon of the, the house there, you know, just cross training. And when you kind of are both going through that, that's kind of where we got to be pretty close. Yeah. I, 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 when I joined, uh, like Dathan mentioned that I was, I was struggling with a, an Achilles injury and that's, that's really the, 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 the big primary reason, um, that I, that I went out there, um, because I knew I, I'd, I'd seen what, what, uh, how Alberto had helped Dathan, uh, and had, and had a, had a pretty good history with helping people, uh, kind of make those comebacks, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I was, you know, watching from afar, watching, watching how well Dathan had bounced back and just did incredible things, you know, when he, uh, you know, you know, making some changes, uh, and, and I saw how, how well Kara had done figuring out some of her injuries. Um, and so I was like, I, I, you know, I, I, I felt like I needed help. I needed to make, you know, make a, make a change. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at the beginning it, 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 it was helpful. You know, I, 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 uh, you know, I had surgery on my Achilles, um, and, you know, kind of clawed my way back a little bit, um, uh, to, to, to doing fairly well. Um, and a lot of that was from those, some of doing all that, that, that cross train that, that, that Dathan and I, uh, you know, did together. And, and, you know, I, I just, I, it was just really helpful to, to kind of have somebody there that had gone through something really, really serious. Like misery that. loves, com- misery loves company is what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's, Nathan mentioned that, right. That's, that's really where we became friends when we, we, we would, you know, off the track, we, you know, I, I remember going to your house and just hanging out and just having pizza and uh, you know, cause you know, just needed somebody to be like, like, Hey, yeah, you can do this. You know, like you, you can, you can get through this. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then we had kids, you know, like I had kids and Alan and Julie got married and, you know, like Alan, you know, and, and his wife's a saint, you know, and so is mine. And so we, you know, you just start to get to be closer to each other and stuff like that. And so, um, it's like, like anything else, like when you're in a, uh, a group that's um, it's like being in the military, you know, like you share those experiences. Right. And then just becomes a a friendship and stuff like that. And it just, just happened to be at different, you know, different points in our career, I think. One other thing I wanted to ask about NOP. I mean, Alberto obviously was ultimately banned. What do you guys, what's your reaction when one of your former coaches gets banned? And do you guys have any regrets in retrospect about, about joining the group? Yeah, well, I well, go for go it. Yeah. Um, you know, Alberto is a complex person, I guess, and uh, he did a lot of good things for me, but also a lot of things that you know that uh, that you know were, were tough too. And so, um, but I, I, I'm not gonna. I won't say that he's a horrible person or anything. He just he has some character flaws too that he you know made some. And that's how Alberta was. Like, I mean, we were, we were there when all this with stuff with the 
uh, Jerry's team, you know, like the separation and all that stuff. And it was, it was tough as athletes. Cause we, I liked all Jerry's people and stuff like that too, you know? And so it's just, um, it was a, it was a situation where it's a person with flaws for sure. Alan. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, I'll say it was just very disappointing um, because uh, there's part of Alberto that really does genuinely care about, about his athletes, you know? Um, uh, but, but, but then uh, it, it, it it, it was, it, you did know that, uh, or you did uh, get a, get a feeling that, that maybe there's something that you don't know about uh, that's happening. Uh, and, uh, and it, it, it was, I would just say it was just really disappointing, you know, um, to, 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 to see all this happening. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I, I, I'll, I'll say that, that, you know, it's, it, uh, it, it you can't, uh, um, it, you can't, you know, uh, really judge somebody, uh, you know, just based on like, you know, an association because I, I, I you know, I, I know, I personally know, know Dathan and, and I know there's a lot of people that have gone through, gone through that, that program um, that, um, you know, that I know, uh, are just awesome and, and did things the right way. So, you know, when you, when you hear, when, when you, when you hear these things, I'll just say it just, it's just disappointing, you know? Um, and, uh, I, I just say that, that I, that I, you know, I, I pray for Alberto, you know, and that's all. And, and I'll leave it at that. You guys, Alan and Ryan, you've been retired for a few years now. Dathan obviously just announced your retirement a few weeks ago. Do you guys miss competing? No, it's too <laughs> close. <laughs> Ryan and Alan, what about you guys? I, no, I don't. I don't. You know, it's uh, the anxiety of it. It's like... I, Feel like i've left it all out there you know there's i don't i don't i don't feel that feel, feel, feel a great need to do that ryan I, I i'm still competing fellas i don't know about you guys i'm the only thing is the only person who gets to see it is my garage so uh, my garage is my crowd my spectators they go crazy when i hit a big deadlift um but no like i'm seriously like every single day in my garage pushing myself competing because that's just like who I am that's uh what I loved about the sport was like the physical challenge of it and I also was like addicted to growth and getting better at things so like I give myself an hour hour and a half sometimes it bleeds to like two hours a day to like hit it hard in the gym and you know I'm still getting better still improving and it's super fun so I'm competing but it's just it's just me myself and I I think these guys too like both of them as coaches you know like you get some of the really good emotions without the physical pain, you know, like, and so that does help like the anxiety and stuff and the nervousness. It's the same thing when you're coaching someone, you know, like, and so, um, but you know, like you, you don't have to hurt really bad at least, you know, so like you're not like in control of the pain. Uh, but 
you know, you get some of those same things. And so, you know, like it's just when the, when the body's not going to let you push it, you know, you, at least you can help other people. And so. So the three of you guys, I mean, obviously you've accomplished some incredible stuff in your careers, but I think also one of the things that always comes up when we talk about any of your careers is like, there is some element of unfulfilled promise or something where someone's like, Oh, well they ran like, you know, they ran this, why couldn't they have also done that? And I think, there's a balance in there between like, you've got to appreciate what you guys did, but then also this other stuff. How do you guys look back on your career? Are you like, are you, Hey, this was amazing. I'm super happy with it. Do you have those sort of things? Like where is that balance between what you actually did accomplish and then what you maybe you wanted to, but didn't get the chance to. Well, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that I, probably could have done in a different world, but that's just part of the journey. I mean, I was, I had 16 years to, to professionally to try it and college before that and high school. And just, I think we devoted completely to it for that period of time. And so I'm sure in an, in an alternate world that could have happened, but you know, the path that happened is what happened and that's part of it. And so like, I don't look back and think I probably could have done this or I could have done that. I mean, that's just, it's never, who knows, but I'm happy with, I'm proud of the things that I did. I mean, three Olympic teams, three world championships, teams, American records, all those things. I'm proud of those moments. And, um, and I'm, I guess I'm proud of the period of time that it, you know, that I did it for. And I know that, you know, competing for those years, there was a lot of hard moments too. And so I can't look and say, I wish that I could have done those other things i mean you know that's just that's that's part of that that chapter's closed it's okay yeah i think uh you know uh we alan was talking about on our podcast like uh thankfulness and having thankfulness after like retiring from running and i think uh gratitude and thankfulness makes those what if moments kind of disappear like instead of seeing like what wasn't you see what was and you're able to really celebrate what was. And uh, I think for all of us, it's like Dathan's 1256, like my half marathon, um, Alan's 346. Like we pretty much like maximize our potential. Like, yeah, maybe in different scenarios and different shoes, like different things could have happened. But like at the end of the day, like we, we, we set out what we started the sport to do, which is to see like how good we could get at this thing and to push each other along and inspire each other and inspire other people. So um, I think now just looking back on it and just like filled with like gratitude for, you know, being able to cross paths with these guys and the relationships that were built and um, the experiences I got to have and the places I got to go. Like I wouldn't want to um, you know, trade away any of those. And I'm so grateful to have gotten opportunity. Yeah, I totally, I, I, I have to, use that word again, just gratitude, you know, uh, it's, it's just the per perfect word for it. You know, uh, I, I, I know that if, if you had, if you had told me at the beginning of, of this running journey that I would have made it this far, I would have been pretty pumped about that, <laughs> you know? Uh, and like, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just to, to just to say that you you got to live, you know, get have it be your job, you know, be good enough where it could, you could have it be your profession, is like a really really special thing uh, to say that. 
So I'm, I'm just really, really grateful and thankful. So, I mean, could have, would have, should have, but I'll, I'll take it starting off for my first mile at seven, seven Oh, seven Oh three, you know, like to, to, to end up at the end doing, uh, getting a lot better. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, if you ask me. All right, guys, I, this has been, I, yeah. Oh, Dathan, go ahead. I, I was going to, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of this happened, you know, like this started 20 plus years ago, you know, and, um, that journey was pretty awesome for a long time. And, you know, we've come and gone and, you know, and they had to take me out dragging, and, you know, kicking and screaming. And finally, you know, like they pushed me out the door a couple of weeks ago, but like that, that door is closed now that's, you know, like we had a great, I mean, it was a great period of time and I'm happy for us to be able to move on now and look at some of these young kids now that are coming up and it'll be exciting to see what's going forward. Yeah, I think it was a great run for all of you guys. I know you inspired, you know, a generation of young distance runners, myself included. So that was really awesome. Before I let you go, anything else you wanted to ask each other? Because I know, Ryan, you had to go on your podcast. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't, you know, give you guys a chance to say that if there's any burning questions you have. Oh, man. I, I'm so glad we did this because I got to ask a whole bunch of ones and hear, hear these guys talk about a lot of stuff I wanted to, to hear them talk about on my podcast. Um, one question, last one I had for Alan, was uh, what was it like transitioning to the triathlon, man? Like, I know when I was watching you transition, it's like, dude, Alan's going to kill it in the triathlon. Like, what was that like? Because you have that swim background. So um, what was it like for you to do that? Again, know, know thyself, you know, like, yeah, I didn't have the talent that a triathlete needs, you know, you have to be, um, you have to be able to do all that training. It's the training that's in crazy. Uh, it was, I mean, you have to, you have to basically do triple days, you know, like you talk about doing doubles, uh, have to do, do triples, uh, so often. Um, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do that. And so that, even though I was a, a, a decent swimmer, ultimately, like I, uh, it's like, it was like, it was like reliving uh, like my, my high school swim failures all over again. You know, I was like, this is five, nine guy that, that needed to be six, three. And, and I'm like, no, Alan, you're still not a good enough swimmer. You should have just stuck to middle distance running. That was what you were good at. Just move on. Time coaching. <laughs> so it was it was a little rough, man. <laughs> but right, I, I, did, cool. I did learn a lot. I, I learned I, I learned more. So know thyself. I think that's that's the big lesson I got today from Alan Webb. So appreciate you guys all doing this. This was uh, awesome. I think hopefully our, all of our readers and listeners and visitors will enjoy this as well. But thanks for making time for to do this. All right. Thank you. 